Blackstone Audio presents The Abominable Man by My Cheval and Per Waller. Translated from the Swedish by Thomas Thiel. Chapter 1 Just after midnight, he stopped thinking. He'd been writing something earlier, but now the blue ballpoint pen lay in front of him on the newspaper, exactly in the right-hand column of the crossword puzzle. He was sitting erect and utterly motionless on a worn wooden chair in front of a low table in the cramped little attic room, a round yellowish lampshade with a long fringe hung above his head. The fabric was pale with age, and the light from the feeble bulb was hazy and uncertain. It was quiet in the house, but the quiet was relative. Inside there were three people breathing, and from outside came an indistinct, pulsating, barely discernible murmur— as if from traffic on far-off roads, or from a distant boiling sea. The sound of a million human beings, of a large city in its anxious sleep. The man in the attic room was dressed in a beige lumber jacket, gray ski pants, a machine-knit black turtleneck jumper, and brown ski boots. He had a large but well-tended mustache, just a shade lighter than the hair combed smoothly back at an angle across his head. His face was narrow, with a clean profile and finely chiseled features, and behind the rigid mask of resentful accusation and obstinate purpose, there was an almost childlike expression, weak and perplexed and appealing, and nevertheless a little bit calculating. His clear blue eyes were steady, but vacant. He looked like a little boy, grown suddenly very old. The man sat stock still for almost an hour the palms of his hands resting on his thighs, his eyes staring blankly at the same spot on the faded flowered wallpaper. Then he stood up, walked across the room, opened a closet door, reached up with his left hand and took something from the shelf. A long, thin object wrapped in a white kitchen towel with a red border. The object was a carbine bayonet. He drew it and very carefully wiped off the yellow gun grease before sliding it into its steel-blue scabbard. In spite of the fact that he was tall and rather heavy, his movements were quick and lithe and economical, and his hands were as steady as his gaze. He unbuckled his belt and slid it through the leather loop on the sheath. Then he zipped up his jacket, put on a pair of gloves and a checkered tweed cap, and left the house. The wooden stairs creaked beneath his weight, but his footsteps themselves were inaudible. The house was small and old— and stood on the top of a little hill above the main road. It was a chilly, starlit night. The man in the tweed cap swung around the corner of the house and moved with the sureness of a sleepwalker towards the driveway behind. He opened the left front door of his black Volkswagen, climbed in behind the wheel and adjusted the bayonet, which rested against his right thigh. Then he started the engine, turned on the headlights, backed out onto the main road and drove north. The little black car hurtled forward through the darkness precisely and implacably, as if it were a weightless craft in space. The buildings tightened along the road, and the city rose up beneath its dome of light, huge and cold and desolate, stripped of everything but hard naked surfaces of metal, glass, and concrete. Not even in the central city was there any street life at this hour of the night. With the exception of an occasional taxi, two ambulances, and a patrol car, everything was dead— The police car was black with white sides, and rushed quickly past on its own bawling carpet of sound. 
The traffic lights changed from red to yellow to green to yellow to red, with a meaningless mechanical monotony. The black car drove strictly in accordance with traffic regulations, never exceeded the speed limit, slowed at all cross streets, and stopped at all red lights. It drove along Vasagotten past the central station and the newly completed Sheraton Stockholm, swung left at Nora Bantoriet, and continued north on Torsgotten. In the square was an illuminated tree and bus 591 waiting at its stop. A new moon hung above Sankt Eriksplan, and the blue neon hands on the Banye building showed the time, twenty minutes to two. At that instant, the man in the car was precisely thirty-six years old. Now he drove east along Odengarten, past deserted Vasa Park with its cold white street lamps and the thick-veined shadows of ten thousand leafless tree limbs. The black car made another right and drove...